0: There's a lot to talk about this week. Josh Allen was heroic again. The defense left a lot to be desired. And there's many other topics to touch on. You're listening to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. I'm thrilled to be here. How are you feeling, big guy?
1: Man, I text you right after the game, dude. I wish we could have recorded right there, man. I was a half gallon. I mean, I was a half-gallon in on my Tito's. I was feeling good. (laughs) And now I'm just like, man, I was like, dude, can we please record right now? You're like, I'm not at home. And I'm like, man, we got to do it remotely, dude. Because I was feeling it, man. I was fired up, man.
0: I could tell. I was, yeah. I'm like thinking to myself, do I have to drive home right now so uh, we can get the best of Newt? Um, You, you must have been feeling pretty good after half gallon of Tito's, huh?
1: Yeah, man. I was feeling real saucy, man, and I was emotional. You know how when you have a couple cocktails. Obviously, I'm at home with my family, so I ain't drinking and driving or nothing. (laughs) So, you know, I, I went through the whole range of emotions, man. I tell you, dude. I was happy, sad, and then I was thinking Super Bowl to, oh, this is just another Billsy loss. I mean, I went I went from thinking about the Super Bowl to almost start crying when we were down. I mean, it was a whole gambit.
0: And then what hit you at the end? Uh, tell me, the the third and twenty-two pass to Cole Beasley, what were you feeling at that moment?
1: I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't believe that this guy made this throw. Because I was like, I, I just pretty much chalked it up. And I didn't, and I know that he's come back and had all these four-quarter comebacks. I think it was the 10th one out of 30 starts yep. uh, that he has, I read. And I, I didn't think – I just thought it was going to be over. And I was just thinking about how I'm going to have to talk to everybody and have to deal with this and listen to NFL primetime and all that stuff. So I, – I, I I was just shocked. It went from happy, glorious, gloating, talking crap on Texas to, oh, my God, I should have shut the hell up. How am I going to do this podcast now? Talk about our first loss to just exuberation and happiness, man. I tell you.
0: So I I want you to go back mentally to the aughts back in the 2000s when Dick Duran was the coach. This Bills team, or that Bills team, I should say, was the absolutely most boring squad I have ever seen. Not only did Dick Duran look like he was a corpse on the sideline, but they were playing games that were like 6-3, to and he really managed the game to hopefully keep it close at the end, but never actually try to score points. We're looking at a team now that is the antithesis of that. They are really entertaining, and let's face it, Josh Allen might be one of the most exciting players in the NFL at this point.
1: Yeah, you can't doubt that at this point, man. Because this, And I remember we used to sit there and watch those. You hated him. You was like, I just hate his face. I hate his demeanor. Like, I remember that (laughs) vividly, dude, when we used to be at the sports bar watching the game. Yeah, man. I mean, at this point, and once again, I'll I'll keep saying it, and I've had intelligent dialogue with Twitter people and stuff about Josh Allen. I wasn't a fan of his, but anybody who talks bad about Josh Allen now at this point is just a hater. I mean, I, you can't. even when he looked shaky at the end, like, I didn't like that pitch. I didn't like that. Uh, when he face-masked the guy and got, like, the way the ball was just frelicking, I was just like, oh, my God, please, no, no. You know what I'm saying? So, no matter what, he got it done. And at this point, he's a second lead passer in the NFL. If three games in, now you can't say, oh, we just beat Scruff. No, we beat a good team. So, you, got, yes. you just gotta beat, if you don't like, see, if you have an agenda, I don't have an agenda with my opinion. I could give him props. Like, I wasn't a fan of his. I didn't think he was his, was the guy because it's his inaccuracies, but he was accurate. He's hitting guys.
0: He's throwing dimes out there.
1: He's throwing dimes, dude. And when you talk about that Cole Beasley, everybody can't make that throw. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I'm exuberated. I'm repping for him. And I know a lot of people might think, oh, that's you being two faced. No, because if he plays bad, you're going to give me crap about it. So I'm going to celebrate my court. He's my guy. Now, only thing I, I, would, I said it last weekend, I don't want to say that he's my franchise guy yet. He has to give me – it's fluid. you got to give me this for a substantial amount of time because Ryan Fitzpatrick was my guy at one point. Tyrod Taylor was our guy at one point. We passed on Lamar uh, – not Lamar Jackson, but we passed on the kid in Houston and my for him. So just because yeah. somebody's your guy, you got to give me excellence for the next two years before I decide to hand over all that money. But he's on his way. I ain't complaining right now. If he can keep this up and after 5,000 yards, I'll do it.
0: We have seen quarterbacks play well in Buffalo for eight games yeah. and then yeah. completely fall apart and the wheels come off and their record goes down south and the, the quarterback never really resurfaces again. We saw that with Trent Edwards.
1: That's why I was going to say, Trent Edwards, yep. Yeah.
0: Now, Fitz, I mean, 14 years in the league and I still hate facing him because you never know which Fitz you're going to get. But I, I am with you in the sense of I need to see Josh Allen do it for longer before I can say, yes, absolutely a franchise guy. But all the makings are there of him being a franchise player. At this point, I'm saying go ahead and activate his fifth year option. Because you know you want him back for another season.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with that.
0: So your boy, Jeff, was uh, not too happy with me. He's uh, the friend of ours that we've been watching football with for a number of years, and he's a, a big Notre Dame fan. So you gold domers have a lot to talk about on Saturdays these days. And he was kind of accusing us of being haters, saying, why aren't you getting off of Josh Allen's case? And what I was saying is just because you are critical isn't necessarily a reflection of how I feel. And he's like, look, I'm critical of him too when he sucks. You're putting words in my mouth. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're 100% right. But here's the point that he made. I was like, "God, Josh Allen, what are you doing?" You're like running around with the, you know, the ball near your waist in in one hand, and you're trying to avoid the rush. And he, to me, at one point, looked like he was coming unglued in the game. And what Jeff said is, I think, a very valuable point, which is, look, you gave him the ball and asked him to win you a game, and he did it. Why is there any criticism beyond that?
1: Well. I don't, I don't look at football like that. You know what I'm saying? And once again, we talked about this. You got people who are going to, I'm not going to say blind faith. And you because, you, I mean, just think about when we're at the bar. When you question, like we all get together and watch the draft. And so if they pick somebody and we're like, oh, what the hell? Hey, what do you know? You, you're sitting at home. Yeah, let the guys get paid for that. That's the worst thing because everyone has an opinion. So, I don't look at it in Brian Faith. I look at how he plays. We could be critical and look at this, look at that, and how it's going to transfer over to the next game. And so, when you look at those things, how he holding the ball, how he just—I mean, because it when that drive we're talking about, it was reminiscent of the Houston game. How in the second half we just came unraveled. Now he's a lot better than he was at that point. And that's what we should be focusing on. He's getting better, and that's what you and I keep saying to everybody. It's about him getting better, and he has. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it just comes off to the Josh Allen fans who's been there since day one that, oh, well, you bringing that up now, you're hating. No, it's okay, dude. We're rolling with him. We're being fair. He's one of the best passes in the league. He's gotten better. He's got comebacks. Wookie woo But if you – you can't tell me as a Bills fan, you can't look me in my face, honestly, in my eyes, and tell me you wasn't scared when we were down. Yeah. You can't because we've seen this too many times. We've seen it to where we start Like, we started 3-0 last year. So, you know what I'm saying? So, once again, I'm not trying to temper happiness because I was happy. I'm still happy to this day, but it's the totality of it all. It's, it's okay. We beat a good team. I didn't want to hear us talk about bad, you know, us only being bad team so it's all that stuff so it's the totality of it and Josh Allen is leading the way because we've seen with Tyrod Taylor and I was a fan of his but we've seen it he wouldn't have dared won this game he couldn't dream about passing for 300 some yards and five no. downs. it wouldn't have happened so he's taking that stuff that we talked about we're not moving the finish line he's getting towards the finish line so yes I agree at this point right now we will actually see. We option now. He keep playing like this for the, rest of the season. We make it to the playoffs. Maybe get a playoff win. We go in the next year. He do the same thing. Now we can talk about that extension and giving him that big bag.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I don't want this to become the Josh Allen show. We've spent an inordinate amount of time, both this week, last week, and the week before, talking about Josh Allen. And there's a lot more to talk about, but you have to. You really have to keep it in perspective because going into the season, we said he's the most important player on the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, he's going to get a lot of attention. Now, let's talk about a couple of the things that he had to overcome in that game in order to to deliver that last drive. One, One example of something he had to overcome, John Brown getting injured. That does not help. Yes. The, the second item, and I really want to talk about this, the Bills guards were abysmal on Sunday. Brian Winters was starting at right guard, Cody Ford starting at left guard. Okay. Obviously, they weren't happy with Quentin Spain, so they moved him out of the lineup. Well, um, some grades came out, and I, I think it was pro football focus, but... They were amongst the two lowest-graded players on the team. And Cody Ford, his grade as a pass blocker, out of a a possible 100 points, scored 5.7.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So, yeah. At the end of the game there, Josh Allen was running for his life. Well, there was good reason for that. Number one, you've got Aaron Donald, who's the best of the best out there.
1: The best player of football.
0: But also... The way the Bills were rolling their blocking toward him, they were frequently leaving the player, the offensive tackle on whichever was the opposite side of where Aaron Donald was lined up. They were leaving him to block two people if a blitz was coming off of that edge. And that was flushing Josh Allen out of the pocket regularly. And I understand why you are rolling your protection towards Aaron Donald, because if you don't, he's going to absolutely eat up your offensive line. But... Devin Singletary was always going out into patterns, and there were some free runners coming at Josh Allen. He was getting out of the way and making things happen. Now, please, Josh, I know you're listening. Hold the ball with two hands when you're scrambling. Please don't hold it near your waist in one hand.
1: <laughs> but I do want to talk about your boy Winters. I do notice, I did notice he had two two penalties, I believe, on Sunday, so that's mm-hmm. not good. And, uh, yeah, we need to figure out this guard situation, man, and we got to do it quick. I didn't think that Quentin Spain – I don't know what his grade was, but I didn't feel like just with the eyeball test he played bad. I mean, I don't know. I mean
0: – I have seen that he has not graded out tremendously well uh, amongst some people that know football better than I do. Yeah. And I think that they're looking for w- – for how to set the lineup when John Feliciano comes back, which could be as soon as this upcoming game uh, against the Raiders. I think without a doubt, when Feliciano is healthy, he's going to be in there. Now, whether he's at left guard or right guard, that remains to be seen. I think they were hoping to get more out of Cody Ford, but again, he's having a hard time with the pass blocking, even though he graded out pretty well in the run. Now, if... If they can keep John Brown on the field and the offensive line steps up, I think you're looking at a, a pretty darn good offense. I mean, they're they're delivering 30 points a game, and that seems to be what it takes to win in today's NFL, huh?
1: Yeah, and this is what we've been wanting, man. If you talk about the keys to the season, and we're getting it. I mean, we, are, we both, I'm sure, and I know we're going to talk about the defense. I'm sure we both thought that the defense would be playing better at this point But there's reasons for that. But yes, our offense is, I would say, I feel like I can speak to you, far surpass expectations.
0: So let's talk about that defense. The defense was pretty darn good when it came to keeping the Rams off the scoreboard in the first half. However, there were some chinks in the armor. You could tell that they were getting gashed by the running plays. And that was a concern going into the second half because the Rams have such a good play action offense that if they are running the ball effectively, that is going to get the entire defense flowing the wrong direction. And oh my God, in the second half, did the Rams take advantage of Buffalo not being able to stop the run? So let's look at what the Buffalo Bills have done on defense in the second half. Of their games so far this year. Against the Jets, it was 21 to 3 at halftime. In the second half, the defense gave up 14 points. Against the Dolphins, 17 to 10 at halftime, defense gives up 14 points. Against the Rams, 21 to 3 at halftime. Shortly into the third quarter, 28 to 3. And then the Bills gave up 29 points. So let me put this in perspective to you the Bills are giving up on average. 19 points a game in the second half this year. Last year, all season, the Bills gave up an average of 16 points. What happened to these guys?
1: Well, I guess the low-hanging f- fruit is the absence of Starla tulale And he takes up multiple blockers. He keeps Edmonds clean in the middle. And I feel like that's the difference. Um, our D tackles, our D line is light. Okay, and I feel like they're not fighting to keep when it goes against the run. We need somebody a little bit more stout in there. And I think that's where we're missing star. So having a nose guard in there that can take up those blockers and and be stout against the run is very important to this defense. And I think that's the difference this year than uh, years past.
0: And they are giving up four point six yards per carry. This season, and Daryl Henderson of the Rams had twenty carries for one hundred fourteen yards. That's five point seven yards a carry, and at times he was he was getting ten yards a run easily. At one point in the second half, it seemed like they couldn't hold him to less than a first down when they had when he was handed the ball. You know, going into this past week. I thought that the issue was that Edmonds and Milano weren't on the field. I guess that wasn't the case, huh?
1: No, I feel, I feel like Milano was a man out there. I mean, Edmonds, I feel like, had a, a rougher time. I feel like Milano played well, man. He was all over the field making plays, and, and he looked uh, light in the feet, and he was out there doing it. Every time I looked up, he was making plays, so – uh but we're definitely better with them on the field. And once again, man, I mean, look at the opponent, man. These guys are just two years removed from the Super Bowl, man. This ain't this ain't a scrub team. So I think coupled with the fact that uh, we've been bad in the third quarter, coming out to halftime the whole season, even against bad teams, and the fact that this is a good team. So we just have to be ready to fight it all. But I'm, we have the office for it now.
0: That's just it. You have an offense this year that, that can bail you out when the defense isn't playing where they should be. Um, you know. But at the same time, you have to be able to get off the field. And they just couldn't get off the field at all in the second half. It was, it was almost like the Rams were doing anything they wanted and there was nothing Buffalo could do to stop that. So in your estimation, why do some teams come out flat in the third quarter? What, what contributes to that?
1: It could be halftime adjustments, and it could be Brian Dable. At the beginning of the game, you have everything scripted. So that's why I feel like it looked so good at the beginning. So when things are scripted and planned out, it's what. so then once we get off script, then that could be the problem. Not like you're winging it, but you mm-hmm. officially are. So if you go in there and, and Rails make their halftime adjustments, we make adjustments. We didn't really make adjustments, really, right? Because we were up twenty eight to three or twenty eight to ten or something like that. So it's kind of like, all right, y'all, let's keep going to what we were doing. Let's keep it up. They make adjustments. We have to adjust to that. So now we're all script. And I think that's where it kind of comes to.
0: Interesting. What What about the defense, though? the The defense obviously has given up. More far more points in the second half than they have in the first half of games this season. What could be the difference there? Is it that maybe the opposing offense is making adjustments and Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are not picking up on it and not adjusting to the adjustments?
1: Yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. With the same thing with offense, it's something you just flip it around. Like, they went in at halftime. They made adjustments. Okay? They came back we had to we had to adjust to their adjustments and then now you have a game in the fourth quarter
0: no oh, sure so it wasn't just the run defense that struggled yesterday it seems that the bills are having a problem with slot receivers too if you go back to week 1 of the season jamison crowder 7 receptions for 115 yards um The second game of the season against the Dolphins, Isaiah Ford, their slot receiver, seven receptions for 76 yards. And then Cooper Cup against the Rams there, he had nine receptions for 107 yards. Teron Johnson, when he was a rookie, was excellent in the slot. He seems to be having a hard time keeping up with these shifty slot receivers now. He seems to be a step behind regularly. Now, I thought that the issue against the Dolphins was that the linebackers weren't there in coverage. Now, granted, I, I don't think Tremaine Edmonds was at a hundred percent. He seemed to be missing some tackles yesterday. But the secondary wasn't quite up to par. I, I know that I know that the defensive line and the linebackers were were flowing the wrong direction because there was so much play action. But it seemed like Trey White was not having one of his better days Teron Johnson had a hard time keeping up, and it seems like even the safeties got out of position from time to time. Do you have any any thoughts on why Rams receivers seemed to be getting so wide open?
1: I feel like, well, I was going to shout out Levi Wallace. He got a pick. I feel like he rebounded nicely from last weekend. He did. Um, So I wanted to talk about that. But, yeah, I mean – once again, we talked about this last week. I mean, everybody is moving up the depth chart with Josh Norman being out. Now, everybody has to take a different type of role. So maybe Levi Wallace could have been the third corner chasing the guys across the field instead of starting at uh, at one of the two cornerback spots, all right, on the outside. So I just look at it. now we're just trying to, you know, next man up. So when you play against good teams with good slot receivers, it's going to be a mismatch, and i just seen the good coaching and they taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah, and let's face it, Sean McVay, the Rams head coach, has is, is got to be one of the top three offensive minds in football.
1: Right. It's just, I mean, once again, going back to what we said at the beginning, it was just a gamut of emotions and, and, and I'm going to just give me about 30 seconds here and listen and I'm going to make it relative to how I was feeling Sunday. So, on Monday, my daughter, Simone, she plays basketball, AAU, whatever. She got named uh to the top ten uh best players in the state of Virginia. Wow. Made by, made by Gary Bill, who played in Notre Dame.
0: Wait, and wait, is that for girls in eighth grade or yep,
1: girls in her class? I'm sorry, twenty twenty five. She was ten okay. in the top ten. So everybody's been waiting for this list to come out, whatever. And so I'm telling her like, hey, you know, if you don't make it, it's okay. A lot can change, whatever. And then it's like, once she made it, it's like, oh, shit, she made it. Like, you know, so now you kind of change the whole outlook. I want to celebrate it. But in the back of my mind, I can't over-celebrate. Cause if you didn't make it, I got to keep that same energy. Right. So one of her teammates, uh, Lindsay Shoulders, she, everybody said that this girl should have made the list right? I'm not going to name people who shouldn't have made it instead of her, but this girl, Lindsay Shoulders, should have made the list. Everybody who seen the list said that she should have been on the list. All right. The low hanging fruit would be, well, Simone Newton is number 10. So take her off and put Lindsay on there. But it's other people that shouldn't have made the list. So I'm talking to her about it like, it's okay. Just keep working, whatever. But I got to keep that same energy. Now, I'm saying all that to say, I have to keep that same energy. Now, fast forward to Sunday. when once we got down, I'm thinking about, because I went from, okay, man, we're good. We're 3-0. and We're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Man, how wonderful this is going to be. everybody going to be gushing over. Josh Allen looking good. everything great. To, oh, shit, this is just the same old bill shit. I got to deal with my friends and all that stuff. But going to the fourth quarter, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, even if we don't win this game, it's okay. Because we put up almost 30 points. Josh Allen's looking like a franchise guy. I'm okay if we lose this game. Obviously, I'm happy that we won, but I'm okay if we don't win. Just just beat the Ra- Raiders next week. And so now I'm kind of thinking I, I don't really mind if we lose because I want to see eventually we're going to lose. So I want to sure. see how we're going to react to it. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking I don't know if I'm trying to give myself a safety net, but in my mind, I'm sure a lot of Bills fans felt this way watching the game. Because we've been through this before, dude. If you've been a, fan, a Bills fan, you ain't even got to be as old as us. You could be a Bills fan in your 20s, and you've been through this. We've had good starts. We beat good teams. We didn't guys who we thought were the guy. See, so now it's like, don't. it's And going back to Josh Allen, this ain't the Josh Allen show, but it does all hinge on him. And we felt this before. We felt it with Trent Edwards. Trent Edwards was 7-3, something like that. We beat the Patriots. We think, of, oh, this the year, and then we lose every game after that. We've seen this movie before. So I'm just waiting for the rug to get pulled from under me. I'm waiting for Lucy to move the football on Charlie Brown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's how we cope with it. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't, you'll be an emotional whack. And so to say that, that's the whole gamut of emotions that you go through as a Bills fan. And so I'm elated. I'm happy. I'm happy about Josh Allen. I hope he keeps it up. I'm looking for the, Ra- the Raiders this week coming up. If we lose, oh, well. We still hit the mark on the four game beginning of the four games. We'll be three and one. Hopefully, we be four and zero. Oh. We're an early three point favorites. We was two point favorites uh on Sunday versus the Rams. So we're three point favorites. So we're getting we're getting respect from the eyes makers. So can we go out there and beat the Raiders? We're very similar. Um, we're 3-0, they're 2-1, but if you look at our offense, their offense, not too, work, not too uh, far behind us, and our defense are both giving up a ton of yardage, so this is a very evenly matched game. But what it comes down to, once again, is can Josh Allen outdo a car? That's what it comes down to, because um, if you look on Sunday, Josh Allen bested uh, um, Jerry Carr He bested him, so that's what it comes down to. But it feels so good. Like, now I feel like, so. If, in summation, now I feel like at any point we could beat anybody on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? If you look at Monday Night Football, Kansas City versus Baltimore, can you beat Lamar Jackson? Yeah, because you hung with Jared Goff. Can you beat Mahomes when they uh, we play Kansas City? Can you beat Big Ben when the Steelers come? We could beat those guys because I've seen Josh Allen do it now. We just got to keep getting better, and that's what I was telling my daughter. No matter what you, no matter what, if you make the list or don't make the list, it doesn't matter. You just got to keep getting better. So that's how I tied it all in.
0: And I'm not trying to temper expectations here when I say this, but you have to expect that there are going to be games in which there's regression. You know, because progress and improvement is not linear. You know, you don't go from from 20 to 60 to hundred in that order, you go from 20 to 40 to 30 to 70 to 50. And then, you know, eventually you get to hundred, but you don't stay at a hundred the entire time. So I think one of the things that fans have to keep in mind with the entire team and not just Josh Allen, sometimes they're going to lay eggs. Every single team does it and they're not going to go 19 and 0. Enjoy it. When when you have a team that is this exciting and is obviously making noise in the NFL and getting attention from not just other teams, but also media outlets, and God knows there's enough media outlets out there that you can have just a constant barrage of Buffalo Bills information if you want it. In fact, I've heard it said that the Buffalo Bills have more podcasts per fan capita than any other team, and you know what? Fantastic, because Bill's fans listen and pay attention and love doing it. Bill's Mafia, man. There's no other like it. Also, congratulations to Simone.
1: Thanks, man. That's very kind, man. We just got to keep working and getting better, man.
0: And you know, that's what every football player says when they're interviewed. I'm just, you know, every day I'm working hard to get better. But there's something to that, you know, because if you're not improving – you're maintaining the status quo while everybody else is getting better, which means you're in fact moving backwards.
1: Essentially, yeah, because everybody else is it's like the old cartoons, man. When they want to volunteer and everybody step back, it makes it look like you step forward. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you just got to keep plugging away, getting better no matter what, man. And, you know what I'm saying? And so, that's why as a Bills fan, especially this year, you can't get to because we're going to lose. And it's okay. Don't get too high, get too low. Just find the good in it. And know, once again, Josh Allen, he's looking good. So that's why I'm saying if we would have lost, I wouldn't have wanted to hear on primetime, which I stay up at one o'clock in the morning to watch with Boomer and Booger. You know, we were the second game they talked about. And I love it. I love primetime. We go, boop, 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 and all that stuff we do. I love it, man. I love it.
0: You've changed. Huh? You have changed, man. Back in the day, uh, uh, you would have never said that a Bills loss, oh well. I've seen you emotionally absolutely crushed by the Bills losing games. Where is this big newt coming from?
1: And we talked about it early on, man. I feel like now, me personally, it all depends on what your teams are in your life. Once again, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I love the Wizards. I like Michigan basketball. I love my Bills. So I've had success with my other, and I'm a Cardinals fan also in baseball. So we won World Series. Since I've known you, we won World Series. Notre Dame has made two college football playoffs, went to the championship. Michigan basketball has played in two or three Final Fours since I've known you. Cardinals won a couple of World Series. So now I feel like, okay, God, you blessed me with a little bit. I'm cool. So now I don't take it as hard as I did in 2000s. You see what I'm saying, Mm. So, and now, and plus, we've been to the playoff twice now. So not only is it my other teams, but we've had success. You see what I'm saying? So now I don't take it as hard now. You see what I'm saying?
0: So, I, I, I think I hear what you're saying. Because 20 years ago, I was 24 years old. And if I somehow lost $50, it would have absolutely crushed me. Both, like emotionally and financially, because right. I did not have fifty dollars to spare when I was twenty-four years old. Right. But you know, over the course of time, you you know, you get better jobs, you save money, and you know, I'm not saying I want to give money away, but if I somehow lost fifty dollars now, I'd be like, wow, that was stupid. But I wouldn't be all tied up in knots wondering how I'm going to eat the rest of the week right. if that happened. Uh, So is that kind of does that as an analogy, does that kind of sum up where you are emotionally with with um, with sports? Because really, you follow a lot of teams that that have had a ton of success. Basically, your fandom runneth over with success.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't always like that. Notre Dame went through some slim years. Michigan basketball was on probation after the Chris Weber thing. So there was a lot of hard years in there, too. You know what I'm saying? But then I think mm-hmm. also I was younger then, so I was kind of living my life. You see what I'm saying? So I wasn't as big. I'd say as I've gotten older, I've become more of a fan because now sports is a bigger part of my life. But now my kids play. You see what I'm saying? So I get joy out of their successes now. So now I don't I don't take it as hard. You know, and we talked about this in the preseason, man. Some people, this is all you got, man. Most of the world works jobs that they don't like, and all I want is to see my bills on Sunday. Think about it. That's the way most people are, and that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And so you live and die on every pass, on every game, on every Sunday. You see what I'm saying? Uh, sports, man, it's a, it's a getaway from regular life. Man, I tell people all the time, I tell my kids, not to be Debbie Downer, but just a realistic reggie. 2020 has been probably the worst year of my life as far as society is concerned. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the things going on around you. That don't mean I don't feel blessed. I thank God every day for giving me health and my children and all that stuff. But as far as society is concerned, it feels like at times that the world is coming to an end. You hear about the water in Texas. I just read about that this morning. They got brain-eating amoeba growing in in the water in in Texas. So don't drink the water in Texas. You see what I'm saying? So I, I just feel like you know I'm a Christian man. So I feel like at times it's like this is the end of times. So that's why I'm like, okay, we got sports. To live off of and I was just, And I was telling my wife this this morning. I'm like, as crazy as this year been, what if the one shining thing, it took all this for the Buffalo Bills to go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know. I just feel like a lot's been going on and we really need this in our lives. And, it, and I tell you, it just feels so good to have the Buffalo Bills be successful. Absolutely
0: does. I I hundred percent agree with that. And here's something interesting. You as a podcaster have never had to do a show after a Buffalo Bills loss.
1: Yep, undefeated man, three and zero. Oh. And I know what's coming. You know, we talked about sure. it and everything, like how we're going to handle it and all that stuff. So, and, and, and like I said, my mindset in the fourth quarter was okay. What are we going to talk about in the show? What's going to be the tone? and all that stuff. Like, are we going to be optimistic? What's going to be the, you know, the underlying meaning of it? And I would look forward. I would say, hey, we lost. Josh Allen looked good. He looked apart. Let's bounce back on the Raiders. Because that's what I'm going to be interested in seeing. When we do lose, are we going to lose two in a row? We're going to lose three in a row. Is it going to snowball, or can we bounce back against a good team? You see what I'm saying? But we're we're playing with house money going down in that lovely new dome in Las Vegas. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like you have a chance. That's the key.
0: That is going to be a very interesting game because after you pull off a game like the Bills just did and you go on the road, an emotional letdown is a very common thing for, for teams to go through. And I'm confident that Sean McDermott is going to have his troops up and ready to go. You know, I don't know that they're going to get their act in gear when it comes to, you know, stopping the run or playing good defense in the second half, moving the ball in the second half. That remains to be seen. But I think when they get off the bus, they're going to be ready to play.
1: And I thought it was disrespectful. I mean, once again, I, I really enjoy this season. Um I mean, obviously, I wish I was up there with you all, with the D.C. Bills backers. I love the guys. But I also like sitting at home watching the game because I hear everything. They said on the telecast, I don't know if you you heard it, but uh, they said on the telecast that the Rams had just got there the day before. And that's mm-hmm. unusual. You come all the way from the West Coast and you get there the day on Saturday, the day before the game, and, and then it's basically a 10 o'clock kickoff West Coast time, because it was a 1 o'clock kick, uh, kickoff here in the East. So I felt like a little disrespectful. So once we got up 28-3, I'm like, that's what y'all get, man. Y'all better get here on Thursday to play the Bills, What y'all think that was. So I felt like, I mean, I don't know the reason why they did that. I would be interested in finding that out. But that felt unusual. Usually if you go coast to coast, you get there a couple of days before so you could adjust to the time change.
0: Very interesting. Now, when you played, were you the kind of guy who paid attention to the bulletin board to see what the opposing team was was saying about you guys?
1: All the time. And we did our best not to give bulletin board material. Um, But it's funny. And you know what? Okay, let's talk about this real quick. Give me 10 seconds. But um, when we played Pittsburgh State, when they were number one in the country, I went to Missouri Western State University in the MIAA Conference. We played Pittsburgh State. And Pittsburgh State alum... Uh, uh, John Brown went to Pittsburgh State. You many mm. years after me, right? But when we played Pittsburgh State, they was number one in the country in '93. I got on the news my first time during the interview. They wanted to talk to me about the game, and I got on there and guaranteed a win. Coach,
0: oh, was Newt, livid.
1: he was livid. But I was just like, I did it thinking I'm trying to hype up my team, and they're going to have my back. Well, that game, we went out and lost, like, 35 to nothing. <laughs> okay? And so we were walking in, and they were like, yeah, that's the dude that was talking all that trap. And And I stood up. I'm like, yeah, I did. I did it trying to get my – because we were the underdogs, so I'm like, what do we got to lose? And I'm like, and if we win, then it looked like I was a Joe Namath, uh moment, and I shocked the world. So I figured, like, oh, well. And I still got that clip, too. I might post it. Why not? I might post that.
0: I you definitely do should. Everybody wants to see Big Newt with the tight fro.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Skinny face and everything. You're a little young kid, 20 years Your old. Your hair
0: looked amazing back then.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, you're I'm welcome. Kidding. I've been growing hey, did, out. I've been growing my hair out lately, so I'm going to cut it back off. Man. It's too itchy, man. I like it bald.
0: I started losing my hair very rapidly. In fact, like three months ago, it was coming out in chunks. So I grew my hair really long, and I'm trying to look... I'm trying to look like Rob Thomas from like 1997, 1998. Um, And I've I've really got close to it. But I'm doing this like modern version of a comb over. And I realize that eventually I'm just going to have to take it all off. But I'm really concerned about that because, you know, I've got this skinny little frame, but. I sort of a, a bigger melon for my size than I probably should have. So it's it's not much smaller than my shoulders are. So I'm worried that if I shave my head, I'm going to look like a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm going to look like a
1: thumb. Like uh,
0: a <laughs> NBA commissioner.
1: Yeah. I he
0: looks like a thumb and that's what I'm going to look like.
1: Adam Silver.
0: Adam Silver, thank you. Okay, so once upon a time, I was listening to a I was listening to Dan Labard's radio show, and somebody wrote in and said that Adam Silver looked like the actor in a laundry detergent commercial who was acting the part of a professor in a lab who is shaking his head sternly in disapproval of the rival brand stain fighting power. And I thought that was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard in my life. (laughs) Who has such an incredible brain as to come up with something that specific and funny?
1: Man, you see it every day on the internet, dude. People are so smart when it comes to humor, man. I tell you, you give people a little time, they'll come up with good stuff.
0: (sighs) Ah. (laughs) <laughs> this has been a fun chat today, hasn't it?
1: And hey man, it's always fun when you win and you three and zero, and your quarterback looks the part, man. I tell you,
0: yeah. You and while we're talking about that, it's it's making its rounds right now. Josh Allen is the only quarterback to within his first three games of a season to have a thousand passing yards, ten passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. No quarterback has ever done that previously.
1: Hey, man, he's looking the part, man. And the fact that they even uttered his name with MVP, man, it's amazing, dude. I tell you, I just – once again, I I hope he just keeps it up, but I, I want to see when adversity comes, how we rebound from it. That's the next thing I'm going to be interested in.
0: I am going to say this is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. We loved having all of you listeners here today. Big Chris – Give me a song.
1: When we get big wins, it goes to hey, 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 hey. Shout out to Sal Capaccio.